good Wednesday evening. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Junkies Wednesday Wind Up. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, started a previous show and had a little technical difficulty, so we're going to start this over. We're going to start it from the top, from the tippy-tippy-top, y'all. Come on. So, we come to you starting off tonight's show with a heavy heart. Um, former Cleveland Brown, Kansas City Chief, Washington Redskin, San Diego Charger coach, uh, Marty Schottenheimer passed away Monday night. Um, he was 77 years old, uh, battling Alzheimer's. Um, sad loss for a mountain of a man. I will say that. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's one of those things you kind of expected. Once you found out he was moved to hospice and, you know, things were progressively worse than what they were in the beginning, you, you kind of knew it was coming. So, uh, what's crazy is Marty's one season here. He got guys to buy in. I mean, 0-5, and I remember everybody talking about how strict Marty was in training camp. He had alarms on the doors. The guys couldn't do nothing. They couldn't go anywhere during training camp. You know, but he 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 wanted discipline. And everybody was saying, you know, well, uh, we're never going to win like that. We're never going to win like that because – you know, it's just too strict. It's too strict. But that's the problem that we had under Richie Pettibone. Things weren't strict enough. You know, Joe Gibbs expected you to play. Pettibone was, you know, expected you to play, but he, he was like, mm, okay, babe, you know. But Marty, Norv had discipline, but Norv was more of a player's coach. I think they kind of ran over Norv a little bit, and Norv didn't get what he needed, you know financial wise uh but marty came in and marty was like a breath of fresh air because you know he he was here to tame the wild horses and that's what he did uh and i i mean we know what he did in cleveland and he took cleveland to two afc championship games and two heartbreaking playoff losses against Denver, the drive, the fumble. And those are two games that goes go down in uh, NFL lore as two of the greatest games ever played. Um, You look at Marty in Kansas City, dominant defense, strong run game. And then when he got Joe Montana – and Marcus Allen. I just knew they were destined to win. You know, I just I just knew it. I was like, Marcus Allen, Joe Montana, they're destined to win a championship in Kansas City. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get past Buffalo. Montana got knocked out in 93. Buffalo wins 30-13. Uh, after he leaves Kansas City, you know, he comes to Washington. Like I said, strict. Um, 
just guys that are, you know, wild horses. He tamed those wild horses. You know, they started out 0-5, and everybody was like, man, this is bull. Uh, we got to do better than this, and yada, yada, yada. Then all of a sudden, in the last 11 games, that team went 8-3. and three. And I always ask the question, uh, what if Marty would have got more than one season in Washington? Now, and then, of course, we all know what he did with San Diego. He had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. He had uh, Drew Brees and he had Phillip Rivers. Hall of Fame running back LaDainian Tomlinson. You know, he he had weapons. They just they just couldn't do it. And it was rough. It was rough. Uh, but speaking on his time here in Washington, is what this is what I'll say. Plagued by quarterback issues because Tony Banks was a starter. Tony Banks wasn't wasn't the greatest. He he wasn't the greatest. Kent Graham was better in 01 than Tony Banks. And we got the boss BJ coming in through oh. What's going on, big guy? What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Uh, just sitting here remembering uh, Marty Schottenheimer um, talking about that 2001 season. Started out 0-5 and then last 11 games, 8-3. and And pretty much what would have happened if he would have got another season? Um, I mean, I, 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 it, why did he get fired in the first place? Or was it just him and Dan Snyder back and forth? Well, Dan, you know, they they were they always remained cordial to each other. Uh Daniel Snyder wanted him to separate the coaching side from the business side. So he didn't want him to be the GM and the coach. He wanted to separate the roles. Marty didn't want to. So Snyder was like, you know what? Fine. Because remember, Marty didn't want uh Vinny Serrato in the building. He put Vinny Serrato out the building. He said, No, I don't want you in my building. Bye. Yeah. And I thought that was a great that's why one reason why I love Marty here, because Vinny Serrato for all his faults, he did have a couple good drafts. But, you, you know, having two good drafts out of as many years you've been here. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. And exactly. one of those drafts was the the 2012. And the Midnight Rider just checked in. Uh, Dan wanted Jimmy Ray fired. That's true. Shoot. The reason why he got – that he left uh, San Diego because he wanted to hire his brother. And – um, the owner didn't want him to hire his brother. And him and uh, A.J. Smith didn't get along. They didn't talk for two years. So it, it's always something. But if Marty would have got another chance here with the team, you had a young uh, Stephen Davis. You had a run- And Stephen Davis was a workhorse. Somebody and, to play Marty Ball. Right. And he fit into that mold of Kimball Anders, Barry Word, Christian Okoye, strong in between the tackle runner, that could be an every down back. Um, only thing that we were missing was receivers. Now, we had Rod Gardner, Kevin Lockett, Eric Metcalf, Michael Westbrook. And Westbrook was the number one. But we we didn't really – Kevin Lockett was supposed to be the burner, but they went out and got Eric Metcalf. And Eric Metcalf was older by then. And for those of y'all that are 
too young. That's uh DK's Metcalf's uncle. And he he one of the best kick returners I've ever seen. I, I gotta rank him, Mel Gray, Brian Mitchell as probably my top three all time. Because they got it done. Um you had tight end Steven Alexander, who wound up following Marty to the Chargers. Uh Zaron Flimster and Walter uh Rasby. The 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 line, we needed a middle. Because the bookends were set. You had Chris Samuels, you had John Jansen. You had two cornerstones on the bookends. We just needed us. And Corey Bramer was pretty good if he stayed healthy. We needed two guards. Defensively, uh, Marco Coleman, whom I met at ESPN Zone one time, and I made him laugh. I said, I know you. He said, how you know me? I said, because I just gave you a nice contract, and you came up with 15 sacks. He said, how much you paid me? I said, man, I think I gave you about fifteen million a year. He said, shoot, I play for you any day. <laughs> but hey, the things that happen in the ESPN uh, elevator. Um, you had Kennard Lane, you still had Bruce Smith, you had Dan Wilkinson. So you know, defensively, you could have built off of that. Um, linebackers, Lavar Arrington. Uh, you had a young Antonio Pierce, Kevin Mitchell, uh, Sean Barber. Sorry. This is where the money came in. You had Champ Bailey on one side, Daryl Green on the other. Uh, Sam Shade. You had Fred Smoot, David Terrell. You know, you had pieces that you could build off of if Marty would have got a second season. And I think we would have finished better than 8-8 uh, eight and eight the following season. And if you can do 8-8 eight and eight with Tony Banks as your quarterback, I think you can do way better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But we lost the giant of a man. And uh, one thing I always say is it's something that he used to say, and they used to play it over and over. They say he was one of the best motivators, but it's like he couldn't get his teams motivated in the playoffs. And it's something that he used to say. There's a gleam, man. And I always love that clip. Because they always say he in the huddle just it's there's a gleam, man. I don't know what the gleam was, but damn it, I was always ready to run through a brick wall when he said it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely one of the great ones, man. You know, one of the better coaches and people that the league has seen, and sorry to see him go. And definitely uh sending uh love to the family and friends of Marty Schottenheimer, man. Yes, indeed. Uh but um, that's that's the way we started all the show. <clears throat> a little sad, but let's pick it up and uh, finish strong. Cause uh, we got a little. We're gonna stick right here in Washington. Washington. I- I'm sorry, you weren't here for this last week. But from now on, when we talk about the Washington football team, mm-hmm. there will be an emphasis on the. It is the Washington football team. Is that what we starting now? Yeah. Okay, okay. And the Midnight Rider Ben uh checked in. He has three or four gut riching plays that kept him out of the Super Bowl. Yep, the fumble, uh the drive, Montana getting knocked out in ninety-three. Um, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he the coach when Phillip Rivers was playing on the torn ACL and they collapsed in the second half of with the Patriots? It, it's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of playoff heartbreak for Marty. Um the interception turn fumble, man. 
Yeah, they say he's one of the greatest coaches to never win a title. So, yeah, that is true. Um, Sticking right here in Washington with the Washington football team. They signed uh, Tyler Heineke to an extension today. Two-year extension. Uh, Taylor Heineke. I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep calling him Tyler. But uh, let me see. I got to get the numbers on that. I don't think they really – Hey, he might be my starting quarterback. Um, you're talking about on a game, and I, I've I've been for the last you know since he played. I I, I know Washington don't want to hear it. I know the the Washington football team fans don't really want to hear it, but I really feel comfortable going into the season with him being the number one quarterback. Um. You know, of course, it's a gamble, just like anything else. And, you know, of course, if you go get Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or Derek Carr, you know you're going to get – you know what you're getting. You know what's coming here. And, you know, Taylor Heineke is still kind of the unknown, except for the small sample clip he gave you, um, you know, playoff game versus the Buccaneers. And, you know, I said once that game was over, I said that's probably the best the Washington offense moved all season with him at, at QB. I, and I thought he looked comfortable. Uh, it looked like he knew his playbook, knew where things were supposed to go. He wasn't afraid to put his body on the line, you know, to, um, you know, to, to, to make plays, you know, me and KG, me and you talked the other day, like Washington was truly, you look back at these playoffs, Washington was truly a quarterback away from putting the Buccaneers out of the playoffs. So, you know, and, and you have to you have to understand where Taylor Heineke was coming from. Short notice, no reps, you know, hasn't worked with the first team, you know, no rhythm, no, you know, uh, no camaraderie, you know, no nothing. You're just coming out there playing on the women. I thought he did a hell of a job for the circumstances. So, to see him get that two-year extension, man, I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, the Midnight Rider checked in two years, eight point seven five million dollar contract extension. Uh, not sure how much of that is guaranteed, how much is in bonuses, but uh, I think we'll have to look at that and say, uh, smart move. You know, but you know what that means, though, right? What does that mean? That means one. I think what that means one of your quarterbacks on the roster now is out. Which one do you think it is? I, I, for all he's done, for what he just did this season, I think it's Alex Smith. Mm. Defeated by the mute button. I tend to agree because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Allen is a restricted free agent. Let me see what I got here cuz I had it pulled up. Um Kyle Allen, where you at, buddy? Danny Johnson. Nope. Kyle Allen. Yeah, Kyle Allen $850,000. He's an exclusive rights free agent. Okay. But Kyle Allen's cap number is very very low. His number is low. And I think it is Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith is going to retire though. And my question is do does the the finances work the same way it used to. Like if a player retires, 
part of it counts as, as cap space, but not a whole lot of it. A lot of it rolls over to the business side that you got to pay those guys. And mm-hmm. the, the football side, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect it too much where you're kind of free from that. So it's interesting to see what's going to be done with the quarterback situation. But I like Heineke. And the word on the street is not only Heineke, I'm hearing Russell Wilson, people getting going crazy because Dak Prescott followed the Washington football team. And everybody say, you know, it's a negotiation tactic with Dallas, who said they're going to franchise him, which I think is absolute bullshit. Yeah, it is. It, 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 they really – they're going to have to look at this and they're going to have to do something about that. How many years can you franchise a player in a row? Do you know? Two. Well, two. actually, it, it used to be two. It's three now because we franchised it, Kirk three years in a row. It, it should be one. You you should have to make a decision. Like, that's your, that's your mulligan. That's your not sure about you, want to see you one more year. But you you should only be able to do it one time. It's like they're holding Dak hostage. He got hurt holding out. And, you know, you can say what you want about the Dallas Cowboys. Dak got hurt, and I still – I think he still led the league in passing for two weeks. So, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what? You're absolutely right. And you got to show Dak that love. But here's the thing. You've had time. You've had two years to come to terms and try to find out how to bridge that gap. Now you wait until the last minute to give him uh, a, 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 a contract? I think that's absolute bull, man. You you, you, you pissed away an opportunity that, with a franchise quarterback. I mean, granted, he's not as good as what everybody tried to make him out to be like three years ago because I was like, you know, he has his flaws. But damn it, he's better than – I think at one point he was the best quarterback in the NFC East. So, and then also Carson Wentz is on the table now. You got a lot of quarterbacks. You can on, have Carson Wentz. I don't want Carson Wentz. You have Carson Wentz. You can have Carson Wentz. I, mean, I he, don't I'm want sure, him. I'm sure he wants to play the Eagles. I mean, he yeah, the Eagles twice a year. Well, let him go to Dallas or let him go to the Giants, <laughs> but he's not coming here. I, I swear, I will start a riot if they get Carson Wentz. Okay, let me let me ask you a question. Would you rather Carson Wentz or Sam Donald? I think we need to take some time off and get ourselves together because uh, this, this, relation, this relationship ain't working. I don't want Sam Donald either. I mean, because from what we hearing, Washington wanted to kick the tires on Sam Donald, which I, I don't understand. And I don't understand what the Eagles think they're getting back from. I mean, look, we, we say that, you know, what these teams – what these players are, we know what they are, but it's always somebody willing to take their chance. Just like nobody would thought that somebody would take John Wall's contract. And I kept mm-hmm. saying it's always, it's always a pony at the show that's willing to deal and has, you know, they might have some plans on the other end. So, you know. And the man of the hour, Delonte, checked in. He says, Donald over Wentz. I said, God, no. But it's the lesser of two evils. Maybe just maybe whatever's wrong with Donald, maybe you can fix it. But only, you know, I'll take Sam Donald on under one condition. Under one condition. And it's a long shot. I'll take Sam Donald if he can get a hold of Jim Zorn and he goes with this offseason and works with Jim Zorn. That's the only way I'll take Sam Donald. 
only way. Well, to Carson Wentz's defense, before he got hurt, Nick Foles had to replace him their Super Bowl year. He was an MVP candidate. We cannot say the same thing about Sam Darnold. True indeed. He, he, I mean, he was playing at MVP caliber. I don't know what happened to him. I, I kind of never really been sold on a, him being a franchise QB. He just hadn't shown me enough. Uh, I know the Eagles, his, his, his big contract with the Eagles kick in next year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they they're gonna have to yeah they gonna have to figure something out. I'm sure somebody is willing to pull that trigger because, but but now with Sam Darnold, I I just I don't know about that. That's that's somebody's gonna somebody's gonna do it though. Somebody's gonna do it. Somebody's gonna think that hey, all I gotta do is get him in, and um, you know I can work with him. I you know. That might be John Gruden if he lose Derek Carr. He might be like, I can I can work with Sam Donald, you know? Yeah. So we, we'll see. Well, the Midnight Rider checked in again. He talking about Jim's on cut KG off Barton. No. Be and the man that can actually uh, uh defend me on this one is right here with me. And that's the boss BJ. He sent me a clip of uh Jim Zone working with uh Jason Campbell, I still have that clip. I have that clip saved of him running through everything. He's talking to Jason Campbell through the headset doing warm-ups, telling him everything to look for and every play that's going to be called by the defense, Every everything to look for. And it was the X's and O's. Jim Zorn knows the game. Could he be a head coach? No. But look at him with as a quarterback's coach. Look at what he did with Matt Hasselback. Him as a quarterback coach and Matt Hasselback. Matt Hasselback, they went to the Super Bowl. He worked with Jason Campbell. The years that he worked with Jason Campbell, Jason Campbell had his best years of his career under Jim Zorn. His completion percentage went up. His sacks went down because Jim Zorn taught him something simple. When you drop back, shoulder turn, step up, deliver the pass. He stopped getting sacked so much. He worked with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco had the best season of his career with Jim Zorn as his quarterback coach. That's why I say Jim Zorn because when he works with these guys – He's unconventional, but they have the best seasons of their career under Jim Zorn. That's why I say that. He is very underrated as a quarterback coach. He is a quarterback whisperer, but he's very underrated. Very underrated. And the numbers don't lie. Wait a minute. I, uh, so, I gotta I gotta I gotta go with you. I gotta I gotta defend K KG on this because you know he's right. He, he he's for when we're talking about head coach. No, absolutely not. Is is not. He is not going to work. And I feel like you know to his defense, he got scapegoated into that position for the at the time Redskins because nobody wanted that job. Um, but as a quarterback coach, as somebody to just work on, um you know, mechanics and, and helping people out as far as just progression and stuff. I think, you know, he, he's definitely, I think he's still one of the better ones in the league when it comes to that. So I, I, I definitely got a bad, we, we always talk about Jim Zorn, you know, not the head coach Jim Zorn, but the QB coach um, Jim Zorn. I think that would be, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's plenty of other people that then Jim Zorn, but, 
you know, he's definitely if if he's still doing that, it it looks like he's the I don't know if he's still doing anything, but you know. He was in uh he was in the XFL. Okay. He the second in car. He was the head coach and general manager of the Seattle Dragons in the XFL. But uh, one thing about him, he took over here in Washington. That was Greg Williams' job. And I don't know. And Greg Williams was groomed to take this job from Joe Gibbs. That was the heir apparent. And I don't know why Danny didn't hire Greg Williams because I'm like, okay, we had a top ten defense. Three, two out of three years under Gibbs 2.0 with Greg Williams. And we used to blitz from everywhere. And we took little known players, Pearson Prelo, Vernon Fox. You still had, well, you, you had Sean Taylor for a little bit, and Sean Taylor came into his own. You know, we had a defense that was feared. The offense, it was getting there. We were a quarterback away. But not giving. Greg Williams the job, I think that that messed a lot up. But you just you decided to go with uh with Jim Zorn, so eh. But moving on, we talking about quarterbacks. Let's stay on the quarterback topic because I got a question for you, BJ, mm-hmm. and my question for you. And I know the man of the hour, Delonte, is listening to Russell Wilson. If you got a chance to trade and get Russell Wilson, I don't know why Seattle, why there's trade talk for Russell Wilson. Does he want out of Seattle? Are Seattle shopping him around? I, I, I wake up from a nap and I see this and I'm like, what in the world is going on? You know, I'm up at three o'clock in the morning trying to uh, search stories. And speak of the man of the hour, he has joined us now. Fellas, what's going on, man? He loves in the house. What's going on? Good, good, good. It's cracking. Now. Hey, man. We, 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 we talking Russell Westbrook. Now, the, the word in the street is y'all, y'all, and I say y'all, and that's the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. have the best odds of landing Russell Wilson in a trade. Are you trading for Russell Wilson? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I feel like we already have the receiving court. Um, we got Melvin Gordon. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Phillip Lindsey. Uh, I believe we're going to throw a tender out there for him. I think he'll come back. So they got to work out the, the contract, um, you know, stuff, things of that nature. But I, I would definitely trade for Russell. Wrong Russell. I would definitely trade for uh, – for us, definitely. Hey, I'm, KG, I'm like you. I'm trying to figure out where did this, this guy came from out of left field. You know, I'm looking on my phone today, and I see um, Russell Wilson unhappy in Seattle. And I, I I haven't been able to dig into it because I was at work. I want to know what happened to make, make that uneasy um, in Seattle. I thought that was home. I thought that was the perfect fit. He's won a Super Bowl there. Uh, I know they they you know they come up short the last couple of years. It seemed like, um, you know, they always uh, play away from doing something. But I want to know what happened in Seattle between 
the Seahawks and is it between the Seahawks and Russell Wilson? Is it Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson? It I like I really want to know. I think it's Pete. I think it's uh between Russell and Pete Carroll. Um because what was the defense? The Legion of Boom? Mm-hmm. But dude, if, if we all remember that defense was prime to like that 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 defense was prime to win them like three Super Bowls. You know, like it, it, it wasn't no getting no no uh I'm trying to because if you think you know picture Mahomes against the Legion of Boom in their prime, no way. Yeah. No way. Tyree Hill, they but they they will scheme all of that. So but you seen one by one, oh, they were having problems. Um well of course Cam, he had to retire because of injuries, but um Sherman, he's outspoken uh about his issues there. Um even Marshall Lynch. You know the running back. You know, what I'm saying like so it's always some sort of like discord. You know, like with Coach Pete and the players there in Seattle, and I think now it's trickled down to uh, Russ. So I, I'll, I'll we'll definitely take them. We'll take them. Um, they can take Drew Drew Lock. Um, I'll even pay for Drew Lock's uh, transportation from Denver to Seattle myself. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like the, the whole, you know, welcome wagon, exit wagon, all of that. You know what I'm saying? Not only would I pay for the transportation in myself, I will also pay for his first two nights in a, a well-established hotel in the Seattle area myself. So, you know, he, he definitely, um, we'll, we'll take him. I've been hearing about it, but we'll take him. Hell, I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'll take him here in Washington because it's a different dynamic. And but only thing is, we got to we would have to change the offensive line with uh, the players that we have because you have to move to more of a zone blocking scheme. Because mm-hmm. when Russ gets out the pocket, you got to give him protection, and you got to be able to have I, Morgan Moses would have to go. As much as I love him, he would have to go. Um. We would have to get young girl on the line, and they would have to be able to move that pocket and keep him protected. But hey, I got us going fourteen and two. I mean, Deshaun Watson puts us at eleven and five, twelve and twelve and four, maybe even thirteen and three. But Russ, fourteen and two, and I think that that those two losses are just like BS losses where everything's already locked up. It, I just found it says Russell Wilson confirms. He's frustrated with getting hit too much. Lord. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, he's been sacked almost 400 times. Um, he, he, he acknowledged that he would like input on the team's personnel decisions. So, he was sacked the third most in 2020 behind Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson. 47 times. Ty, he was tied for the league lead with 48 sacks in 2019 and has been sacked at least 40 times every season since 2013. Now, is now let me, fellas, let me ask you this. Is that the Seattle Seahawks' fault or is this Russell Wilson's fault not when he leaves the pocket? Is, 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 is some of those sacks his fault? I, now, I, I kind of agree with him. But how much of that is the Seahawks' fault and Russell Wilson's? I, I, I would say it's half and half. I'll, I'll, I'll um, 
I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna solely place the blame on, on just one area because um I've witnessed him leave clean pockets. And when he leaves clean pockets, he gets himself in trouble. On the other hand, I've witnessed his lineman, that line kind of give up on some plays as well. So I for me, I'll say it's 50-50. I gotta place most of that on. I gotta place most of that on blame on uh, the O line, and I, I say that because when you got a mobile quarterback, like when you had a Michael Vick, you learn to hold your blocks a little bit longer. You learn to stay a little more engaged, a little bit longer, until you know he gets free, but. Here's the thing. If you don't stay engaged like that, you know, he's going to get hit because somebody's going to break free. So I blame the line for that. If I know I got a mobile quarterback and I know, you know, hey, he's he's capable of getting out of the pocket and get going. Kyler Murray's going to get hit a lot over his career. So is Jalen Hurts because they're mobile quarterbacks, but they can actually throw. When Justin Fields hits the lead, same thing. Uh, ben chimed in 349 sacks. Mm. Uh, in his career, and the next closest mm. guy is 50 sacks behind. He came in the league in 2012 and has been a starter since day one. Yeah. 349 sacks? That's a lot, man. Yeah, it is. It is. Ooh, gracious. Mm. So, Delonte, are you giving up two ones, two twos, and two threes? That's Two two number ones, two years this year, next year. Same thing with the twos and the threes this year, next year, and Damn. maybe just maybe uh, some cash considerations, uh, wash and dryer, um, a heated blanket, a weighted heated blanket, which is very hard to find right about now, and um, maybe some nudes of some chick and an OnlyFans link, all to get Russell Wilson. Are you giving it up? Nah, and, and he was, and, and he's what, 32, 33? Nah, I ain't giving up all that. <laughs> no way, I ain't giving him all that. And my thing is, if I'm Russell Wilson, like, look, you got to be confident in your abilities. You got to want to play the best, but at the same time, why the hell would I go to the Broncos and I got to play Kansas City twice a year now? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, hey, it's I'm, nothing, I'm a... nothing on the Broncos because, like Delonte said, they got the receivers. They got um, is that Cam? <laughs> yep, got, that's um, him. That's it. That's Cam. Yep. They got um, like you said, you got Melvin Gordon. Maybe you know, see what's going on with Philip Lindsay. I wouldn't mind having um, Philip Lindsay in Buffalo myself. But you know, going back to that, you go now. You got to play up, up and coming Raiders. The Chargers has Justin Herbert. Like, all those teams are loaded. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not – like, you get older, you, you want to play smarter, not harder. Now, I could go to a division where I can walk to – basically walk to the playoffs. I think that's the NFC East is wide open, you know, with Washington. Um, I know Chicago – I just read that Chicago's getting frustrated with the Eagles because they're calling about Carson Wentz. So, um, but you go to Chicago, you got to deal with Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to watch, you know, got to watch what you wish for. And you see Kansas City twice a year. But he's saying the Rams twice a year with Aaron Donald. 
Yeah, he is. So, I mean, you damn if you do, damn if you don't. And he is 32 years old, and the Midnight Rider checked in is 390, 394 sacks in his career, not 349, 394. Mm-hmm. And he's only been in the league since 2012. But one thing that he has that no other quarterback has, leverage. He can say, I, you know what, forget this, I'm going to play baseball. And he still got yeah, a baseball does. contract. He does, and, and this could be a, you know, like you said, leverage situation. But look, we're going to. We're gonna redo your contract. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that, and we'll, we'll draft the offensive lineman in the draft. We'll make you know. We'll make an effort. I mean, that's. I don't think that's gonna personally. I don't think, you know. I don't know what they would have to do. I think it's a sixty forty split. The the sack um, blame. You know, I think sixty uh, percent of it's the Seahawks and forty of it's Russell leaving the pocket. You know, scrambling around. You know, just. I mean, he's a playmaker. He he's willing to take a hit if he can make a throw. You know, I just I can't sit here and say, man, this is eighty percent Seahawks fault. I, I don't think it is. I think it's closer to like sixty forty. I can agree with it. I mean, I I, guess I see it, but it's no but. I don't even have a but. I see what you're saying. You you got he got to take some of the blame. Definitely has to. Um, switching gears. They can't get drafting an old lineman right. Ocon- <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that that's absolutely right. Seattle can't get they can't they can't get right when it comes to old lineman. I mean, it's they, like they, hit or miss. It's it's well the the Baltimore guy. Uh, I forgot his name that quick. He's requesting the. Uh, a trade because he wants to play left tackle. I, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Uh, Orlando Brown? Orlando Brown, yes. He he wants to play left tackle. He wants to be traded somewhere where he can play left tackle. Wow. So we we got some fire we got some fireworks lighting up in the NFL. And I just see a thing that says the Raiders are very interested in signing free agent Juju Smith Schuster. Wow. Yeah, it's it's coming down the pike. Uh, <laughs> it's coming down the pike in the NFL. So you know, definitely interesting to see you know what moves where. I mean, because the Raiders are in Vegas now. Vegas is Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Party town. A young guy that likes to dance all over camera and football is secondary. That might be perfect for him. Mm. Talking about Orlando Brown, you know, he was the son of Washington, D.C.'s own Orlando Brown, who went to H.D. Woodson. Mm-hmm. Um, tackle for the Browns, the Ravens. Uh, if, uh, remember, if you can old enough to remember, he got hit in the eye with the referee's flag. Yep. And he missed a whole season. But uh, that's crazy. Like, you, you really going to say that you, you want to play – Left tackle. left tackle, but you know why? Playing left tackle is one of the most highest paid positions in the NFL because it's it's the quarterback's blind side most of the time, and you got to thank Lawrence Taylor for that. But yeah, left tackle is more money. But why not be a swing tackle where you can play each tackle? It don't matter. But I'm not gonna. I I guess I'm just different. I'm different. 
So, um, moving right along, switching gears to the NBA. It came down to Pike today that the Mavs won't play the national anthem before games anymore, but the NBA has came out and said every team will play the, the national anthem with our longstanding uh, in a, uh, our longstanding league policy. Gentlemen, how how does that make you feel that they said that they won't play the national anthem anymore and then the NBA just swoops in and be like, oh, pretty much, yes, the hell you will. Uh, it's God. It's it's just a uh, kind of tricky situation. Um, I don't even know the reason why um, Cuba said that you know they they stopped playing the national anthem. I don't know if it was a, it's the social justice uh, reasoning or you know just personal reasoning. I'm not even sure, but it, it's 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 tricky. Uh I'm back. I had to unmute myself. Um, I mean, I say fuck the national anthem. That's what I say. I mean, I mean, what it stands for, what it was made for, it, 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 it's not for everybody. That I, that's what I say. And you can't, you can't be, you can't play both sides of the line. You can't say, you can't. You know, let the players wear Black Lives Matter and have it all over the damn court and everything else. And when a team says, like, look, uh, we feel it's in our best interest not to play the national anthem no more. All right. So Mark Cuban, Cuban owns the, the Mavericks, owns the arena. And I'm sure he has groups underneath them that, you know, part owners and stuff. But um, to a certain degree, these are independent, you know, entities. I know they work under the NBA shield, just like the NFL teams work under the shield and the shield is the final say, but don't sit here and say, and have, um, you know, commercials and have your WNBA players and your NBA players, you know, uh, you, you want them to speak out on social justice and one, when one of your owners say like, look, you know, we don't want to play this no more. Um, I haven't, you know, found the exact reason why, like Delonte said, but if they don't want to play it, they don't want to play it. So it shouldn't be – I don't think it should be an issue. Um, like I said, you know, it's a lot of laws in place that weren't made for everybody. It's made for one portion of the population. Um, you know, we saw with the riots a couple of weeks ago, they, you know, one portion of the population is treated completely different than another portion. So – if you have a, 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 a song that's supposed to stand for everybody in the country, that's not it anymore. If you, if you, if you dig deep into that song, you, you'll find out why. And I agree with you, both of you gentlemen. Now, granted, we don't know the reasoning behind it, but you can't, you know, be a, a social injustice warrior and you want us to stand up and, and, and put our hands over our hearts and sing the national anthem when we know what we know. Now, here's the thing that I didn't understand. Everybody gets pissy about the national anthem. Now, Delonte, BJ, uh, Midnight Rider, Ben, I'm sure you to 2001, we've all went to sporting events. We've all went to uh, football games, basketball games, whatever. And when they played the national anthem, 
more than half the stadium nine times out of ten was still sitting down, milling around, doing whatever they're doing. But after 2001, when they started televising it, now everybody's like, okay, we got to stand and do this. It's patriotic. But, it, you know, it died off after a few years. We've been to like some odd years where nobody stood for the national anthem. Now, all of a sudden, because you don't stand for the national anthem, you're not patriotic. But how am I not? When the national anthem is played and you're sitting in your house, are you standing? Or are you sucking on your beer? Exactly. And, and I mean, speaking, speaking of anthems, you know what was a slap in the face on Super Bowl Sunday? They played, the, I don't know if it was Lift Every Voice and Sing or whatever they played, but they played it like 30 minutes before anything came on the air. Like they, it, it was just, it was just like, hurry up and get this over with, play it real quick so we can get to the real stuff. Like, I'm like, are you serious? This, I, I'm looking at the timeline, like, this played like 30 minutes ago. Why wasn't the Black National Anthem with the uh, Star Spangled, the, the, you know, uh, Star Spangled Banner and everything else, America the Gray, whatever the hell it's called? So, I, I think, I think that, I think it's a joke, man. I really do. It, it's, it's, it's time for, unfortunately, you know, the, the powers that be, the people are in place. It's, it's, it's just not enough people to change things the way it needs to be changed. That's absolutely true. And you know what? I was looking for the Black National Anthem on Super Bowl Sunday. I said, damn, they didn't even play it. And mind you, I hadn't even been on to the game 30 minutes before the game because I was too busy messing around on, on, on the division and stuff like that. And I hadn't even turned it on. So, damn, you just hit me to something because I was like, damn, they ain't even played it. But okay. They played it. They played it like while, while they were still setting up the stadium. Nobody was in the stadium. They played it. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it, this makes me feel no type of way. If you play it, you play it. If you don't, you don't. Um, Because, you know, NFL, NFL mostly, but a lot of sports leagues – claim to be patriotic, but you break a lot of laws concerning the flag. The flag's not supposed to be displayed horizontal. It's always supposed to be upright and waving. You know, when they stretch the flag out across the field and things like that, and then they roll the flag up and they put it on the ground. Flag's not supposed to be on the ground. Never. We we were taught that in elementary school. Your flag, when you rolling your flag up, phone up, it's not supposed to touch the ground. Exactly. So. But on Sundays, it's, it's fine. You're not supposed to wear the flag on any type of clothing, but the flag is on NBA uniforms somewhere sometimes. It's on NFL uniforms. It's on NHL uniforms. It's on MLB uniform. Every uniform has a flag somewhere on their uniform at some time, point or time of incarnation of that uniform. So it's a lot of rules being broken. But you like, you know, you're you're unpatriotic. No, what you're doing is unpatriotic. But you don't want to see what you're doing. You just want to say, because I won't stand for it. I'm unpatriotic. But it makes me feel no no way, shape, or form. I really don't give a shit because I'm going to tell you straight up. If I'm at the game and a national anthem is played, nine times out of ten, I'm trying to hook my phone to the Wi-Fi in the stadium <laughs> so I can live tweet and things like that while we're at the game. When we go to FedEx Field, and the, 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 this reception has gotten way better over the years. But when we go to FedEx field, I'm more worried about if I can get reception to go live on, on, on 
sideline junkies Facebook and Instagram pages and talk about the game and break down again and do a Sunday, do a daggone show from inside the stadium. That's more I'm more worried about. I'm not worried about the national anthem. So that's that. I don't feel no ways about it. Now, <laughs> this one right here. This one right here. This is about to blow y'all top off. Kyrie Irving blames the net struggles on COVID protocols and the NBA officiating. Now, he did this after the loss to uh, the Detroit Pistons. They allowed 122 points, and they have the NBA's number 24-ranked defense. They are 14-12 and 12 through, 13, through 26 games, and they're 7-11 and 11 against teams below 500. Do you think Kyrie – you know, the guy with the best layup package in the NBA right now. I still think Rod Strickland is a better finisher, but he learned it from Rod Strickland, so he's just Rod Strickland 2.0 to me. Do you think Kyrie has a point, and is there any truth in what he said? I will hang up. Um, No. I think the problem is they, uh, they're playing to their competition's level. Um, of course, you know, Katie, like the, the, the big time scorer, he's out. Um, so the second time because of, you know, he kind of broke COVID protocol, but nope. Out. um, wouldn't, I'm not, I wouldn't solely blame it on the COVID itself. They, they play down to the comp, to their competition's level. I was watching, um, some of the, the, the defensive, uh, you know, the defensive sets, and they just let people blow by. You know what I'm saying? You got Harden, he giving up. DeAndre Jordan, he um, he, he lost not one step. He lost like three steps. You know, this is not DeAndre Jordan from um, Lob City. This is DeAndre Jordan from, you know, I'm, I'm tall, you know, I'm a serviceable center. You know, I, I, don't, I don't give, you know, so I come in and do my job. You know, so I could still probably garner a nice little forty million dollar contract. Um, uh, and, and Jeff Green, you know, you know, forever the role player. You know what I'm saying? The journeyman. Um, props to Jeff Green, though. You know, he's from the DMV. Uh, but nah, they just. I, I think that the problem with them, with the Nets, is you know it's taking longer than they all expected for them to jail, and then with Harding. You know what I'm saying? Joining the team is going to take even longer because he's a you know bona fide you know star as well. So you got three bona fide stars, well two and a half. Uh, that half being Kyrie, and we talked about that on previous shows. Um, it's just going to take a while for them to gel. That's it. That's you know that's it. I, and don't blame no COVID. You know what I'm saying? Um, just got to take a while for them to gel. And they all got you know just crazy personality traits. So they'll get it together. Probably like after all-star break, they probably won't, they probably lose maybe like five games because they'll probably be killing teams. But for now, the losses, they're going to come, man. That's it. Hey, man, I, I agree with you 100%. I don't know what the rush is. The trade just happened with James Harden. Um, you got a coach year one, Steve Nash. You know, you have – Arguably the best scorer in the league in Kevin Durant. 
you, know, you can make an argument for uh, James Harden being the best scorer. So you have basically one A, one and one A scoring. You have Kyrie. Um, it's just going to take. I, I don't understand what the rush is. Okay, you know, it's going to take 20, 30 games for this to gel together. If anybody was listening to our episodes earlier in the NFL season, when I picked, I believe, K, KG, did I pick? I picked the Bucks and the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl, didn't I? Did you I have that on record? Did. Okay. I, so, I, gotta, I gotta look it up. It's in the book, but I believe you did. And I, I think I picked the, the, I don't know if I picked the Bucks or the Chiefs. I can't remember that, but I know I, I predicted a Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. And I kept saying, and this was for, before Antonio Brown got into the mix, I kept saying, you're not going to see the Bucks really getting to get to after the tenth game. It's going to be. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. You know, the Saints are, are already established. You know what I'm saying? Even uh, as bad as the Falcons are, the Falcons are already established. They have their quarterback. They have their rapport. You know, Drew Brees has his rapport with his receivers. It's going to take Brady a minute to get used to Mike Evans, to get used to Chris Godwin. Then they added Gronk into the mix. Of, a slim Bronc, like KG said the last episode, the new Bronco versus the old Bronco. Um, then they added Antonio Brown. I'm like, you got to give them, you know, that this isn't going to gel to the end of the season going into the playoffs. You know, uh, if you look at the stats for the Super Bowl, I think Mike Evans had one catch. Godwin was targeted four times, two catches. Gronk, seven times. You go, you're going with what's comfortable for you, you know, Brady and Gronk. So the same thing here. They're going to have to – Kyrie, KD, KD and, and, and James Harden, they've played together. They understand each other a little bit better than with, you know, Kyrie. Of course, they played when they were younger. But it's just going to take – it's going to take 25 – at least 25 games, and you're going to see this Nets team steamroll through the East. All right? And I, I think, you know, the teams that I put up there that can stop them, Miami – Boston, you know, if they're playing their A game, I don't really believe in the Bucks too much. But everybody got to be patient with the Nets. And trust me, when they get rolling, people are going to be like, "Man, this is unfair. These they shouldn't have let this trade happen. Nobody can, nobody can stop them." And they're going to have their nights because you got to realize every night they come to a team's town, this is the team Super Bowl. This is their championship. They play the Wizards. Every team they play, they're going to play to their level. But that team is going to – whatever team they're playing is going to be super hyped. You know? Like nobody if, – if, if no COVID was happening now, nobody goes to the Wizards games anyway. You know? So they started to be like the Mystic games. So – and that was a cheap shot. But um, – <laughs> but – just think, we've seen this all our NBA career. The Wizards have been, you know, for the most part, a bad team. But when a good team comes to town, the stadium is sold out. The Lakers, the Kobe and Shaq Lakers come to town. Uh, Tim Duncan come to town. Vince Carter come to town. These, these, now everything's sold out. And it's going to be the same thing with the Nets. Everywhere they go, people want to see the Nets now. People want to see LeBron and the Lakers, if you can, right now during the COVID times. That stuff is going to be sold out. And then the next night, the Wizards will play the Hawks, and it'd be like 3,000 people in the damn stadium. So, you know, they got a lot of pressure on them. But like I said, about 25 games, you're going to see this team jail. 
you're going to see them start rolling. KD's, like like Delonte said, KD's not there. So, I mean, you're going to have issues. And any little issue they have, shoe not tied, matching socks getting fired for socks, it's going to be amplified because of the situation in uh, Brooklyn. So they'll be fine. Trust me. Well, I'll say this. Uh, I, I didn't think that getting Harden was a good good shot anyway, but it is what it is. It's done. Um, they got to get together on their own. But if they don't trust one another, how can you expect them to win? And it seemed like they don't have much trust. And like Delonte said, DeAndre Jordan is not the DeAndre Jordan of Lob City. I mean, all he could do was dunk then anyway. They play great defense, but they don't play any defense. And Harden is your main culprit. He plays Olay defense. You know, he 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 squares up when you put that foot. You know, I mean, you you step hard. He turned around. Olay. You know, just go ahead and go by. I can score on James Harden. I can score on James is, Harden with a bad knee. And and my backer when the, when he wants to play defense, he, he's really good. Yeah. And he wants to play defense, and he, you know, he's irritated for whatever reason. He's actually a good defender, but and I think you know they, you know, trying to get people around where you know you know you have James Harden, um, and you know Kyrie plays defense, Kevin Durant, you know, to a certain extent, and then you you know you're hoping DeAndre Jordan can be the rim guarder, you know, when you know when James Harden doing his dance move, letting people by, so. Yeah. Uh, we we, we got to give it time, and like you said, it was, it's still early. We got to give this trade time, let it work itself out. But uh, here's here's a question. I'm bringing home. Now we talked about KD. We talked about Harden just now. Let's talk about another one of that former big three in Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook. Is Russell Westbrook the problem in Washington? Is that why Washington's not winning any games? And you two are Washington Wizard fans. I love to hear from you. Um, not, I, again, it's you know, it, it's just like the, with the Nets. Um, although the Nets have more talent, I think with the Wizards, it's a, a jail issue. It's it's too early. It's too early. And not only that, the Wizards have played the least amount of games out of any team in the league. Because, you know, they had, you know, COVID issues, you know, for like, it, I think it was a good, like a good two week stretch. Games are being canceled with left and right. And while Bradley Bill is, is like on a, a, bruh, Bradley Bill is on a pace among paces to like, you know what I'm saying, like eclipse the uh, scoring um, record uh, points per game. You know, I, I think Russ Hill. You know, because Russ been dealing with some injuries too. So, nah, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna blame Russ for anything. He's doing what he can. Yeah, yeah. You know, his numbers, his stat line is reading like ten for thirty eight or like six for twenty four. You know, and a good amount of his points come from the free throw line because you know he's, you know, he's aggressive like that. So he's gonna get fouled when he drives into the lane, but. Like, nah, again, I'm, I'm going to say it's, still, it's early. You know, you got to have patience. You know what I'm saying? If it's one thing that they practice in sports, it's patience. You know, a, a lot of fans, they expect for, you know, 
you know, things to happen quickly. Matter of fact, let me give let me throw a prime example out there. This goes for the Nets and our um our Wizards. When in 2012, when LeBron, D Wade, and Chris Barsh, when they got together, everybody was like, oh, they're gonna come out smoking. Nah. They were like nine and eight. You know what I'm saying? So what happened? It took them time to jail. And then once they jailed, uh, you know what I'm saying? They they steamrolled four finals in a row, you know what I'm saying? Back to back titles. So it takes a while. You know what I'm saying? You got to be patient. That's it. And look, I know I know you come to a sports show and you're looking for screaming and yelling and disagreeing. You know, you want, you know, somebody to be the Stephen A. Be like, that is absurd. I'm not going to do that here because Delonte is spot on. It's the same thing. And I am going to throw a gem in there that they have a bad coach. And until Scott Brooks, until they uproot Scott Brooks and bring somebody in here that can coach this team, that can put their foot on their throats and get every ounce of juice out of this team, this is going to be the result. You're going to have Bradley Beal on a tear. Bradley Beal has absolutely kicked me in my mouth. I've been hollering for this, been hollering for him to turn it up because I know he could. I've been, I've been killing him, y'all. Y'all know all last year I was killing Bradley Bill. Like you're not, it's not enough. Just like the Kobe commercial. How much is enough? It's not enough. How much more do you have to give? You know, you have to give more. You have to want it more. So, um, Avia, I think I'm saying his name right. They just drafted him. Rue is in his second season. I like Hachimura. They have some pieces. Um, they they lost their center in Thomas Bryant. Yes, uh, you know, um, but I just don't think the team is being utilized to their the best of their abilities. And that's Scott Brooks' fault. So, hell no, I'm not bring, uh, blaming Russell Westbrook. Does he take bad shots? You know, um, could he, you know, cut the turnovers down? Of course. But this is Russell Westbrook. He is what he is. It's not like he's a second or third year player. You knew what you were getting when you, you traded for him. You knew what you was giving up, getting rid of John. Okay? So now you have him. Now you have to play to his strengths, play to Brad's strengths, and what the team could do best. Right now, if you want to, you could unleash this team. This team has proven over and over again this season and last season that they can put up points. So you have to figure out, are you just going to turn it up? You know how you're going? You're playing 2K, and you can turn up the setting where they don't play any defense. I just want y'all to concentrate on offense. The hell with the defense. But it seems like they don't know what they want to do. You know, one night they're trying to, you know, focus on rebounding and defense and keeping people in front of them, and they're not scoring. And the next night, you know, they're putting up 140, 147, you know. So it's there, and that's what's frustrating. It's not like this team is averaging 82 points a game. You know, they're struggling offensively. Um, ben said, don't hate on Gandhi Scott Brooks. Man, look, if I had a shovel, I'd hit him in the head and bury him in the cemetery myself. <laughs> I hate Scott Brooks. I just think he's a I, – I, they, they brought him here to try to get Kevin Durant here, and, and it failed miserably, and he needs to go. He needs to go. He is he. I want to say Scott Burke for me is eighty five percent of the Wizards' problem. Until they get rid of Scott Brooks, 
This team is going to continue to lose. So um, that's that that's that's my recipe. Um, I hate to see it because you know I'm a Wizards fan. I hate to see him lose and struggle. And you know Bradley Bill, he's saying all the right things. You know, wanting to stay in Washington, wanting to build a winner. We'll see how true that is because the offers you're going to get for Bradley Bill are going to be astronomical. The, the, the offers you're going to get for Bradley Bill, if you do it right, you can rebuild your team completely and be a, a powerhouse. You could do what Boston did. You know, um, you could do what the Warriors did. I, I, I say this all the time. The Wizards are not a team where they're going to garner the big name free agents. They have to build from within like Golden State did. They have to get their big three themselves. Now you have to decide if you're going to keep Brad and Avdia is, is, is part of the big three or Hachimura. I like Avdia. I like Hachimura. Um, they're still developing, especially Rue. But, um, you know, it, I mean, we're talking about, you know, a big deal here. We're talking about some players that Brad moves because every contending team wants Brad. Can you imagine Brad going to the Clippers? I think the Clippers will be willing to give up Paul George. Not that I want him. I think they'd be willing to give up Paul George if you're saying we've seen Bradley Bill out there. Um, I mean, the Bucks. The Bucks is missing. Like, they have Giannis. Like, they have their number one. And then I don't want to hate on Middleton, but they have no solid number two. Can you imagine Brad going to the Bucks? What that would do for the Bucks? You know, um, the Heat, I've heard the Heat. I don't know how the Heat is going to pull that off. Um, you know, <laughs> but I mean, it's teams he could go to that, like, yeah, they're going to the, they're going, they're going to, they're going to the ship. You know, um, We'll see though. When when is the trade deadline? Oh, that's a, I I want to say it's next week. Hold on. Let, let, let me next week. NBA trade deadline. Keep going. Yeah, I don't. No, no, no. I don't. I, I don't think he moves, man. NBA trade deadline is oh wow, March twenty fifth. Oh wow. Okay. Because okay. you know normally it's it's right after All Star Weekend, March twenty fifth. March 25th. So, I mean, they got some time. Yeah. They got some time. They're going to get some, man, they're going to get some banging offers for Brad. So, we'll see, man. It's it's um it's going to be uh, very interesting. On this topic, it's only one thing I got to say. And the easiest way to get out of this funk of no defense and you know, you're able to score, but no defense, and you want the team to gel together. Fire Scott Brooks. Get Mark Jackson. Let Mark Jackson teach this team how to properly play. That's it. Golden State successful because of Mark Jackson. Steve Kerr is man enough to admit that, that 90% of their success comes from what they learned from Mark Jackson. Bring Mark Jackson. I've been saying it for three years. As a matter of fact, today is our three-year anniversary of Sideline Junkies. And I've been saying it for three years. 
bring Mark Jackson here. Let Mark Jackson turn this team into a winner and then let him win a championship here. Five years. Five years of Mark Jackson getting the players and doing what he has to do. I got the Wizards winning the championship. It's bold, but damn it, I'll say it. I, I get that, Ben. Ben says Mark Jackson will never be a head coach again. I get it. It's blackballing, but you can't say he wasn't successful. You can't say he wasn't successful. And, I, you know, I love him on TV, and I would hate to lose him. Just like I, I hated to lose Mike Fratello and uh, when Van Gundy leaves off TV to go coach. I hate when I lose those guys because I love watching them on TV and the insight that they get. But he needs it. He needs He's needed here. That's the way you fix that. Now, transitioning to the last topic of the night, which is what BJ just alluded to, and I, the question is, are you open to trading Beal for a package of young talents, picks, or both? Because, hey, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. I'm a huge Chicago Bulls fan. And right now, I'll tell you this. I would get on the phone with Chicago and tell them straight up, I'll give you Zach Levine for Bradley Beal, straight up and down. And then we can swap picks, whatever draft you want. But give me Bradley Beal. I'll take Bradley Beal over Zach Levine. Bradley Beal got a little bit better of an attitude than Zach Levine. I'm not a real huge Zach Levine fan. So give me Bradley Beal. You have Zach Levine. You let him go on over there and, you know, y'all do y'all lot of y'all thing with him. But I'll take Bradley Beal. You gentlemen, are y'all answering my phone call? My bad. You button have you defeated. Uh, no. Nah, I'll, I'll look at the call ID like, uh, nah. You know, um, Zach Levine, good player. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I respect the fact that he, you know, has gone away from, you know, just trying to be known as a, a uh, great dunker. Uh, he's working on his overall game, but am I entertaining a call from the Bulls regarding his services? Nah. Nah, I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm good on that. Yeah, brother, that that absolutely would would not happen. And then I would block your number after you tried to make that. Like like I said, Brad is going to garner a big big package. Brad is going to if they do move him, he's going to he's going to garner a lot of attention. I'm talking about some number ones and some players. So Zach Levine ain't gonna be enough unless the Bulls are moving a whole bunch and some picks, like. And then you know, to me, I know Zach has gotten a lot better, but he's not on Brad's level. Because like I always say, Brad's not on LeBron, LeBron's level yet. He's getting, he's coming, but he's not on that level yet. It's like Paul George isn't on Brad's level. You know, that's why I say I, I think that I would the Clippers would love to get out of from underneath Paul George, but. As far as that Bulls thing happening, no, sir. Uh, that ain't happening. Well, both of y'all, B talking about blocking my my number, Delonte talking about not answering the phone. Like, it's me, baby. Come on now. It's me. I'm not trying to fleece you. I'm just like, come on. We, we, we got to. We gotta, uh, we gotta, we gotta uh, do something because I don't want Zach Levine, and this is me personally. This is not Chicago. I don't want Zach Levine 
Bradley Bill wants out. So would you rather Bradley Bill go to the damn Lakers and you probably get some low draft pick? Because you're not getting anything high. As long as LeBron, AD, and those gentlemen are together in L.A., you're not getting any high pick. So if you want me to throw draft picks in with this Levine and we swap picks, because my draft picks will probably be a little bit higher than yours, but if you deal with the Lakers, you deal with the Clippers, you deal with Milwaukee, your draft picks are going to be low. Because those are winning teams. Those are top four teams in the conferences. So your draft picks are going to be low. Your best bet is to deal with me. Sit down at this table and do this deal with me. Don't hang up on me. Don't block my number. Answer the phone because we can work something out. Because if Bill goes to the Lakers and you get draft picks and, and young talent back, I I, I, I I don't know who you would get back as far as young talent, but I got more to offer than the Lakers do. Hey, little brother, I agree with you. Um, that's why I say it's going to be – I was good with the Lakers package they sent the Pelicans with Randy Ingram and Ball. I thought – for a while, that was the rumor trade for Bradley Bill, the picks, Ingram, Ball, and whoever else they sent. I would have been good with that because that loaded the Pelicans up. The Pelicans, are, if they make the right choices, they're going to be in a good place. Now, I, I definitely get – I don't think it's going to be a, a, a two-team trade. I think this, you're going to be looking at a, a three-way deal so that Washington can get compensated. Maybe another team gets in there, you know – Swap some players around, but yeah, I don't think this is going to be just a two team. That Brad is going to be a mega deal, so um, and who knows who's going to be in that? So that is, I just we got to wait and see. Man, it's going to be such a, a big mega deal. Junie said Josh Hart, a big mega deal. Shit, we might be in it. Yeah, Josh Hart was the other player. Junie wasn't he? Josh Hart. Brandon Ingram, Ball, and I don't know what other picks they got, but they, they got a lot from L.A. They got a lot from L.A. from Anthony for Anthony Davis, you know. So I think, you know, A.D. is A.D., but I think Brad is, you know, he's going to garnish the same, the same attention. They play two different positions, but to get somebody like that that can score at will damn near almost, um, <laughs> you know, it's teams out here that have the assets. So, you know, we'll see. Okay. Here's my final offer, and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on. Zach Levine, Wendell Carter. No. A se- you need a big man. Come on now. I'm I'm telling you, no, I, I'm telling you, yeah, unless nah. Chicago is the third team in that deal. I'm 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 looking for a lot more for Brad. Zach Levine, for me, is not cutting it. I'm but looking for either either I'm going to be top three, number one pick, and I can draft my franchise player, or you're sending me a combination of something. But I'm not Zach. As soon as you say Zach Levine, I'm done. Mm. Okay, I can't argue with that. And that does that does nothing for Chicago. That doesn't put Chicago over the hump. You're you're talking about teams. The teams that are going to call the the Wizards are contending teams, and that's why I say it's going to have to be a third. Now Chicago might be the third team to to Will and Deal and like, hey, we want we want this from this team, and we'll help facilitate this. 
I, like I said, I don't think this is going to be a, a Washington and Chicago. It's going to be Washington, Chicago, and the Bucks. So you know, it, you know, not those particular teams, but it's going to be a three or four team deal, man. This is going to be a big deal, unless one team and I can't think off a break what type of swap that would be, unless one team has that star that's on Brad's level. And the only person I can think is Devin Booker, Darren Fox, um, what's the boy, Utah, Spider Mitchell. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, it has, <laughs> it has to be one of them two. Like, Zach is getting there, but he's not there. Devin Booker, Spider Mitchell, um, Damian Lillard. This, these are the people I'm thinking of when we're talking about moving Brad. Like, these people have to move. Something has to move. It's going to be a lot of a lot of real estate gone. If I if I'm the Wizards, Tommy Shepard, if you're listening, I can come down there. We can talk. You know what I'm saying? I can tell you what I'm thinking. But it, it's for if if Brad leaves, it's, it's got to be a lot of real estate. You know, it's got to be. Or maybe you decide. You know what? The Russell Westbrook thing is isn't working. I can trade him to a contender. You know, and and, and get get out of get out of this. And get a couple of things back. I mean, it's it's the Wizards have some options, you know. I, I, Hachimura. I mean, I don't think anything's off the table. You putting Brad on the table, nothing should be off the table. So, I agree. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm not even gonna get mad that y'all won't answer my phone call, and you know, I hadn't even put my whole spiel together. You already said no. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Um. But here we are, 400, and this is episode number 422 in the three years we've been doing this show. Um, we started out on ZKs as a show with no name. And then we found a home at Anchor uh, three years ago. We prepped, um, got our first show out there, and we had, our, had a name. And we were the Out of Bounds podcast, but we changed our name that summer of 2018 to what it currently is now, which is the Sideline Junkies logo and everything. And here we are three years later. Uh, We went from being just strictly a Saturday show to four shows a week. We have a wrestling show on Saturdays, which we'll be back in full swing in the groove come this Saturday. WrestleManiacs will be back. Um, three years, fellas. Three years. And we still going strong. Uh, still doing the damn thing four to five times a week. I mean, damn, man. This is it's awesome. I, I look forward to doing personally podcast. So, uh, happy man, anniversary. Shout out to y'all, man. Yes, indeed. Happy anniversary, man. It's been a long, long work coming, man. Long work, man. It's, you know, it's, um, you know, we, we've been working hard to get this thing, get this thing going and, you know, where we are now, where we came from and the, the audio issues we had, the, mm-hmm. you know, different platforms and name change. To, to to bring in the, the Don Rodriguez on board, the Nubian Sumo, to do WrestleManiacs with KG, to 
or to bring uh, my man Delonte aboard. It, it's been it's been a long ride, you know. Big Jim, Junie, everybody, you know, Gary, everybody that's been on the show and contributed. We we have fun, man. This is this is this isn't work. When we do this, this isn't work, man. This is fun talking about sports, and uh, yeah, we we're gonna put three more years in quick. Yeah, and you know we we we. We may be even getting agents soon, man. I was thinking about that earlier. I said maybe we might need to sign agents, somebody that can represent us and do the legwork. But uh, we we gonna have to talk about that off air because I was thinking about that. But fellas, happy three year anniversary. Uh, thank you to everybody that supports us, that listens on a regular. Um, go over to the Instagram page, just doing a little something, and I, I thought about it, and I said, you know. We got to start giving people their flowers while they're here. So for the next few weeks, we just going to start giving out flowers to people that are still here. You know, they deserve it. They may not get looked at a lot because of what they do, but hell, we know what their contributions are and what they mean to us. So let's give them their flowers while they're here. But as far as you gentlemen, I raise my glass to you and I give you your flowers now. I, I wouldn't be doing this without y'all. So I'm 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 a happy 39 year old black man to be able to sit with my brothers and talk sports. I mean, it, we talk life, and I, I I'm I'm happy about that. That that makes things a lot better in the world. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Congratulations to you, gentlemen. Uh, that's it for us tonight. I guess we'll come back Friday night because I'm sure with everything going on, the NFL offseason Super Bowl is over. New league year is coming up on us quickly. Um, things about to get hot. It's about to be some movement. A lot of contracts going to be signed. A lot of players going to move. Then we still got the NBA. We got All-Star Weekend coming up, which is kind of watered down this year because of COVID. Understandable. But uh, we still going to cover it all. So with that being said, for the man of the hour, Delonte, the boss BJ, Junie for joining us, uh, the Midnight Rider Ben for coming through. Everybody that listen, we don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace. Peace.